Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Everybody, hour number two of Sports Daily and a Tuesday at 10 a.m. means it's time to talk to our buddy Dan Israel, executive producer, co-host of the Chiefs Radio Network. Dan, it's uh, we got a little pep in our step today. It's game week. Finally, we're here. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. That offseason seems so long sometimes. I got to tell you, Dan, as as we've it has been a long offseason. If you if we. Like, if we think about the way last year ended and then all the roster movement that's happened in that time frame, which has been certainly more than we've seen so far in the Patrick Mahomes era, this has felt like a longer offseason than normal. And I definitely think that things are trending in the right direction based on what we saw in the preseason, the vibes, what we're hearing from players and coaches are we feeling as good up there as, as as it seems like they should be feeling right now? It seems like things have gone really well, all things considered. Yeah, I agree. You know, and I and I think part of what contributed to that, to it feeling like a long off season, was the whole Tyreek Hill news. You know, all of a sudden you take your team that you thought was going to come back and and get another shot at everything, and and a big piece of it breaks off, and suddenly you're you're spending months going, now what? And so. But I think the last month has done nothing but encourages to say, look, not only are the Chiefs going to be good, but they may be better than they were last year. No question in my mind, no question in my mind, the defense is better than they were last year. And I'm not so sure that the offense isn't going to be different in that it's it's so different. And as you know, Coach Reed had, had made the comment this week that he learned a long time ago, you either evolve or you turn into a dinosaur and become extinct. I really think what you're going to see is the evolution of, of a Chiefs offense. Uh, still creative, still going to be fun. Maybe not quite as flashy, but I still think you know that everybody's expectations are this is still going to be an explosive, high-powered offense. You combine that with this fast, physical defense, man. I'm I'm super excited about this year. Can't wait to see it against the Cardinals too. You talk about a tough schedule. The Chiefs have got a brutal schedule, especially up front, which is going to make it hard on those young uh, guys. You know, the Chiefs looked. At, 50 different uh, people in this off season. And a lot of the youth on that, or a lot of the defense has youth on it. I think the oldest guy, the oldest guy is Juan Thornhill. He's 26 years old. So right out of the gates, they're going to have a test against the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Dan, you know, you, you watch some of the national pundits and as the off season has gone on, it, it's hard to not see what a lot of these guys are saying where some of them are predicting regression from Kansas City, or they're saying that all these other teams in the division got significantly better. But I think that as we got through the offseason, really started to look at training camp and the preseason and, and what happened as far as the acquisitions, 
really, I think it's you can make that argument. I think it's pretty easy to make the argument that the Chiefs got more well-rounded and not necessarily predicting regression. But how, how does that how do the Chiefs battle that narrative? I mean, you're always going to have people that are doubting or whatever. Um, but what, what do you think is the most important thing as Kansas City gets into the season to be able to? take a look at, you know, the national media and be able to say they've not regressed at all. In fact, they've probably gotten more balanced. Well, I think one thing that's going to occur is just when you look at the schedule, you're going to, you're going to take on Kyler Murray in this first week. You're going to take on Justin Herbert in the second week. So I think in the first two weeks, you're going to somewhat either highlight or strike through the narrative that the Chiefs are going to regress. I do think you're right. I think the Chiefs are going to be more balanced this year than probably previous years. And if you look at, you know, I think I spent uh, over the weekend, I did a special with uh, uh, Willie Lanier, Jan Sinerud, Mike Garrett, and Bobby Bell. And we did a ton of talking about the, you know, the basically the 69 season in general. And one of the hallmarks of that 69 season was when Lenny goes down, he's out for, I think, uh, six weeks. And the defense basically took it upon themselves to tighten the screws and make this thing happen. Well, the offense really said to themselves, let's just run the ball. Let's just let's be very basic and vanilla and let the defense take care of it. I think the Chiefs, in being more balanced, are going to say, let us take some of the pressure off of you. We're not going to score in a minute. We're going to take three or four or five minutes or even seven minutes of clock time to score. That's going to give the defense rest. And when this defense gets out there, we already see how much faster they are. If you give them enough rest, I think if they can improve quickly over that maybe first month and a half, it takes a while for new guys. You know, look, they're inexperienced, right? I just mentioned how young they are. They're going to face these incredible quarterbacks right out of the gate. They're going to get that experience. They're going to get that playing time. So if the defense can stay balanced over that first month and a half, the the I'm sorry, the offense can stay balanced over that first month and a half, allow the defense to learn. I think that's going to do a lot to at least negate some of that narrative. And by mid-October, if you're playing the kind of football you should be playing, the narrative will be irrelevant because the Chiefs will be telling, they'll be writing their own story. I think a part of that uh, balance on offense, as we speak with Dan Israel here, executive producer, co-host, Chiefs Radio Network, joining us every Tuesday during the season. Part of that balance is going to have to come through a new group of wide receivers um, and maybe not shot plays. But, you know, as we talked about the good feelings of the preseason, we really didn't see Juju Smith-Schuster. Marquez Valdez-Scantling didn't see a ton. Sky Moore, who we know they're high on, was super quiet. Are we comfortable as we begin with that group? We know Kelsey's there, but do we feel good about that group of pass catchers helping to provide some balance in that offense and, and, you know, not dink and dunk, but certainly taking what the defense gives you kind of an offense. Well, I definitely feel comfortable in Mahomes' ability to spread the ball around, which I think if you look at that group, one of the things you could say about that group is there's a lot of option. There's, there's no one guy that's necessarily the Tyreek Hill, but there are three or four guys that all could get open. So one thing we saw in preseason that was very clear, very good evidence to support Mahomes' ability to keep his eyes downfield and find that open guy. With that said, we saw just enough. I I, I saw enough out of Juju Smith-Schuster 
to really be excited about him. Uh, if he can stay healthy and, and play like those moments that we saw at camp, I think he's going to be a very exciting receiver. Valdez Scantling, maybe not quite what we saw out of Smith-Schuster in, in camp, but by the same token, seen enough of him in Green Bay to know he's a dangerous receiver. So I, I feel like those two – you know, we didn't get to see in the camp, but I feel like there's a lot of potential there that we haven't seen. Sky Moore, I think I saw enough out of Sky Moore to think that's a good draft pick, getting this guy into the mix. And then if you throw into the mix McCall Hardman here, McCall needs to take that next step. But if he does, what a powerful receiver. I mean, I love what we saw out of, out of Watson in camp. I just, he's my guy this year, honestly. I was so impressed with him at camp. I probably need to get over that just from a from a, <laughs> a broadcaster standpoint. You know, I, you fall in love with a guy, and you can't really do that on the air. You got to be more, uh, you got to be less emotionally engaged. But I really like what I saw. So I, I agree with you. We didn't quite see, uh, you know, this amazing group uh, flower out of camp, but I do think we saw the potential that there is there. And, man, that's exciting because uh, Mahomes looks so good at camp. Look, his ability to just, uh, you know, he, he's getting – he reminds me a little of Lynn Dawson with this. He's just getting smarter. His physical attributes have always been there. But the smarter he gets, the better he plays. And, man, I'm excited to see some of that. And, and again, we're going up against a team really uh, that knows Patrick Mahomes, right? Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach for the Arizona Cardinals, was Mahomes' coach at Texas Tech. So here's a guy who, who I would suspect is going to prepare his defense to play Patrick Mahomes. So right out of the gate, we're going to see what, what you know, we're going to see the chess match begin in week one. Dan, looking ahead to the regular season, Pro Football Focus has Kansas City with the second most difficult schedule in the NFL. And they start off on the road against Arizona, really tough matchup. I wonder how long do you anticipate it's going to take for the offense to gel for Kansas City. It's, it's a whole new batch of receivers, as we just talked about. A little bit more potentially of a balanced approach for Kansas City. And Arizona has a pretty solid defense. Let's not forget, and obviously J.J. Watt is there, should be healthy to go for week number one. How long do you think it's going to take for Mahomes and company to get things rolling in week one? That's a great question because I, I really think that's always the unknown. You know, you, you step into a season and there's – there's just an immense amount of learning that takes place every single week. And so sometimes, especially with youth, it does take a month or two to get that experience under your belt and to kind of know what your guy next to you is going to play like and, and to be able to, you know, talk to each other, uh, you know, without really saying anything. And so uh, that just takes time on the field together. But uh, as you mentioned, the Chiefs don't have that luxury. I think, for the offense, normally I would be more worried about the offense. I would think for the offense, there's enough of these guys that have played together. The scheme is similar enough, and their their kind of determination to be a little more balanced and run the football. I think the offense is going to be okay. I think the the real question is going to be for the defensive uh, group: how quickly can they learn? Because man, they are going up against some serious talent very early in the season. The one thing that will happen out of that is they're going to learn quick. You know, they're being thrown into the deep end of the pool and we'll find out exactly not only 
who can learn, but how quickly they can learn. You know, I think if you look back a couple of years ago, you know, Armani Watts and, and some of those guys, they were, they were, you could tell that they were learning and gaining experience as they go, but it just took all season to get there. Chiefs cannot afford to do that. They've got way too tough a schedule for that. These guys are going to have to learn in a month and a half at worst. They need to, in my opinion, they need to emerge to mid-October with just a couple of losses at most under their belt if they're going to make a run for this season. And uh, because of our division, I mean, we've talked about it before, our division's an arm race. The whole conference really is an arms race. I mean, when you look at the American Football Conference here, the AFC is just stacked. And But our division in particular, you know, teams we're going to have to play twice are very good. The quarterbacks in them are great now at this point. And so from a defense, I think that's the biggest question in my mind. It, you took the words out of my mouth with the division, Dan. I mean, it is it is wild to think about four teams. And, and we're talking about teams that could make a case for themselves that they could go to a Super Bowl. Everybody in the AFC West, right? Buffalo's the favorite. Cincinnati's, you know, the champ of last year. Indianapolis got a quarterback that they feel like could put them in there. Baltimore's healthy again. Like, it's wild in the AFC. But it's the most wild in the AFC West. Of all of the changes made in the division, and every single team had significant changes, and most people think all four teams maybe got a little better, Outside of the Chiefs, which of those teams of the other three are you looking at thinking that's the team that's going to be the biggest contender for the division to potentially unseat the Chiefs uh, of where they've sat on that throne for so long now? You know, if you look at you, you, it'd be hard-pressed to make an argument that Russell Wilson coming to Denver isn't going to improve Denver. I don't think Denver's offense is going to be – Uh, You know, even if they get a couple of wins, they're not going to be so good. Uh, They have a good defense, but I don't think they're going to be so good that they could take the division. I think they'll be better, which, you know, they've been so bad for the past few years. How could they not, right? I think the Raiders are interesting because they're built to beat the Chiefs. And they did make the playoffs last year, but I just don't have that confidence in Carr. Derek Carr, to me, is just, he's a guy that can win you a playoff game, but he can't get to you get you to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. I know that a lot of people would disagree with that. The team that scares me the most is the, is the Los Angeles Chargers, and the reason why is because, to me, they've gotten better, and they have been underperforming for the past few years. I think their coach is learning. I think their quarterback is learning. But they have so many good players. If they play to their potential, they're the ones that scare me the Los Angeles Chargers. All the teams could do it. I don't want to, you know, it's not so clear cut that you can draw a line really through any of them. But to me, the Chargers have definitely been an underperforming team to not even make the playoffs last year. And every year, it seems like the national pundits put these guys in the Super Bowl, but they, they've struggled. They've just struggled to achieve what I believe is their true talent. If they start coming together as a team and they start playing like they're capable of, it's going to be it's going to be the old days of the Chiefs and Raiders where every year the Chiefs and Raiders were battling for the division. I really feel like the Chargers are the ones with the most potential. Again, they haven't done it yet, and so you can't really credit them for just the potential alone. But uh, I feel like you know I feel like they're the ones that could jump up and kind of become that Cincinnati Bengals from 2021. 
Yeah, J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack. I mean, a lot of additions there for Los Angeles. And, you know, we, we've talked so much about the the opening week game with Arizona. And, I, you know, I, I know that you can't look ahead too far, right? You got to focus on what's right in front of you. But the Chiefs have a quick turnaround going from Arizona to the Chargers uh, on Thursday night football. What sort of uh, preparation do you have to have, especially with this young core and knowing that this is a crucial division matchup on a short week and getting everything ready to go so you're not looking past Arizona, but then you're also realizing, hey, this is a team in Los Angeles that we're going to have a short week of preparation, a short week of rest, and this is a really important divisional game early in the season. What, what does that look like as far as that preparation? Yeah, that it's such a tough turn, and I mean the one fortunate part about it is that it is a home game, so you're not traveling. Uh, and and Los Angeles has the same issues with the travel, but for us, it's very difficult. But I love Coach Reed's methodology, his his uh, formula for these short weeks. They have the lower assistants preparing game plans, preparing film, looking at film. And then they basically go literally into Sunday night on the way home from the Arizona Cardinals on the team plane. They'll be putting together the plan for the Los Angeles Chargers. And it is a short week. So, you know, uh, Sunday becomes a Tuesday, a Monday becomes a Wednesday, and, and so on and so forth. But you've got to get ready. And it's such an important, critical match because, you know, I, I think whether you agree the Chargers are going to be that contending team for the first, you know, for the lead in the division or not, they're still a division opponent and you cannot take an, a division opponent for granted and you've got to take care of business. And I, I feel like, you know, the chiefs know that they've always been focused on winning the division. That's always been first and foremost. And so to do that on a quick turn, very difficult, but I, none is, I've, I've never seen a coaching staff since this has been occurring, you know, in the past decade and a half or whatever it's been now, I've never seen a coaching staff as prepared for that quick turn as Coach Reed. They really have it down to a science, and, and it's fascinating to watch. Uh, you know, even our schedules where we interact with players and coaches, you know, for our pregame show, we tape with coaches, and, and those are set schedules every week, every week. But on the Thursday, bam, everybody knows where that goes. You know, we immediately know, okay, now it's a Tuesday at 2 instead of a, a Thursday at 1, and and it's just amazing to watch this thing happen. But I feel like I have a lot of confidence in the coaching staff to get ready for that quick turn on Thursday night. I just, I'm nervous because it's the chargers, you know, I would much rather have flipped these games. Let's play the chargers first and then play the Cardinals on a quick turn. Yeah, that's uh don't want to look too far ahead, but my goodness, that's a fantastic Thursday night uh, football game as I, that's the debut for Amazon too, I think. Um, they yeah, to make matters one. to make matters worse, the Amazon debut brings with it a whole different broadcast schedule. The number of breaks is different. So for me, I'm already working on that broadcast because I have to. I mean, getting you guys and all the other 104 affiliates on our network ready for a completely different, you know, kind of game plan. It it, it would be a little like telling the team. Hey, by the way, we're going to throw a fifth quarter in there, or you know, we're, we're only going to give you two timeouts. And so, uh, I appreciate the NFL doing that for us. You know, that's, that's, I always love that stuff. Uh, well, we have, we know we're your favorite affiliate, Dan. So we really appreciate always. that uh, that extra work. And you can hear the Chiefs, of course, this weekend 
KNSS, 98.7 FM, 1330 AM. Dan, uh, you guys, I know we'll have some pregame stuff. Anything special we need to look forward to in the broadcast? Yeah, we're actually going to have a little bit of a clip of this special that I've been working with with Bobby Bell, uh, Willie Lanier, Jan Stenerud, and uh, Mike Garrett uh, all talking about uh, Lynn Dawson, talking about the 69 season. I think we're going to have a little taste of that if we have some time in there. should be a really good moment. Uh, make sure you're listening. All right, that's uh, that's in the afternoon window. Should be a ton of fun. Dan Israel, executive producer, co-host on the Chiefs Radio Network. We'll do this again next week on the short week. Good luck this week, uh, Dan, and, and have a great broadcast. We'll all be looking forward to it. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Go Chiefs. Dan Israel, there he goes. He'll join us every Tuesday during the season. What great insight and perspective we'll have from right there inside the team. We're really excited about that here on Sports Daily. Love having that. Uh, We'll digest that a little bit. I want to talk about K-State and their opener and what we thought of that. Any any statements made there before we look ahead to next week, a little later this week, we'll look back at the Wildcats' win. Sports Daily continues after this. in the opener blank South Dakota 34 to nothing a comfortable win exactly what you want to see with the exception of maybe wanting to see more through the air from Adrian Martinez uh, Jake Ballbrock Tommy Castor on Sports Daily Jad Chambers taking your calls 869-1240 we didn't need to see Adrian Martinez though Tommy and I wonder as we look at a really impressive win are you satisfied with that win as they got a big one hosting Missouri coming up in week two here yeah, absolutely satisfied with K-State. Uh, you, we don't need to see Adrian Martinez be a gunslinger. Uh, we need to see him have a, a clean game, and that's what he had against South Dakota. No turnovers. Yeah, you know, he only threw for 50-some yards, um, three and a half yards per attempt. 11 of 15, though, so the completion percentage is good for Adrian Martinez. But really, the star of the show we all knew going into the season is Deuce Vaughn. He is the star of the show. He will continue to be the star of the show. And so if Adrian Martinez can set him up for success, then that's all that matters to me. Now, there's going to come a time in the Big 12, don't get me wrong, where we're going to need to see Adrian Martinez be able to throw for some yardage, throw for some touchdowns. But overall, I think it's a solid start to the season defensively. Kansas State played really, really well. Uh, so, yeah, overall, against an FCS opponent, I saw everything that I wanted to see uh, for K-State and really nothing outside of, yeah, maybe a little bit more yardage from Adrian Martinez. But other than that, I feel good about it. Well, in South Dakota is no pushover typically. You know, that's one of the better FCS programs in the country. And and it is a nice way to start it. Yeah, defensively, look, what's going what's gonna to have K-State you know, what's the baseline for K-State? Defense and running the football. And that, I think, is why they're a unique college football team. It was their inability to throw the ball that capped them at the same time, last year especially. 
So I do want to see a little bit more out of Adrian Martinez. This wasn't a game where you needed to see it, so it's hard to say. Jake Rubley did come into the game, which is interesting. We've wondered about Jake Rubley. He was a big-time quarterback prospect and, and you know, hasn't found his way onto the field when there have certainly been ample opportunities the last couple of years to do that. So I did think it was interesting to see him come in as the second quarterback. I don't know if they'll use him much um, this year, but, you know, I think it was a statement to see him be the guy that came in late. Um, Colin Klein, again, didn't see a whole lot out of what we what we want to see out of Colin Klein. Not that that's a bad thing. They played their game, you know, in a lot of ways perfectly. You had a big play from Malik Knowles to set the tone right out of the shoot. You had four different guys rush for a touchdown. I mean, all those things are things we want to see because the bread and butter for K-State will be dominating the lines, controlling the clock, playing really good defense. 11 and 15 for 53 yards, though I do need to see more than that out of the passing game. I'm glad he didn't turn it over. But, you know, five yards of completion, basically, that, that, that's, it's, we got to see more than that. Those are, you know, I, I'm very happy with K-State's win. I don't think there's anything wrong with their win. I just didn't get to see the thing I want to see, and that's if Adrian Martinez can push it down the field because that's what, that's what you know, kind of capped them, I thought, last year was their inability to do that. You said it. Later in the Big 12, you know that they're going to have to be able to do that. We didn't get to see if they can in week one. I suspect that we will get a little more opportunity to see it in week two against Missouri. Defense, man, blanking anybody's hard in college football. Uh, The defense, as advertised, you see that game, you watch the Big 12, Kansas State in their ceiling, Tommy. Anything changed there for you? I've thought they could be a contender in this league all along. I still think that nothing changed that out of this first game. Yeah, nothing really changes that for me um, after week one for Kansas State. But going back to your point about Adrian Martinez, we've seen him throughout his career be able to push the ball down the field. Um, Now, what really hamstrung him in years past were the turnovers. Um, You know, he had 14 touchdowns and, and 10 interceptions last year for Nebraska. Um, so he, he was prone to turn the ball over from time to time. And so I think that this is a little bit of a, this is obviously a different offensive scheme at Kansas state than what Adrian Martinez had in Nebraska, where, you know, I think that he's, he is a little bit more of a game manager. Um, but that's really been Kansas state's identity offensively for a while. You mentioned it a couple of moments ago, running the football and good defense. That's what typically we see with Kansas state. I think that Adrian Martinez has the, he he's got the skill set to be able to push the ball down the field, to be able to throw touchdowns when that occurs. Uh, but, but I agree with you. I think that that sort of, that put a ceiling in the past on Kansas state, their passing game. Um, not that Skylar Thompson wasn't good. I know he was injury prone, but he was a, a good quarterback. I think I look at the receiving core for Kansas State being limited in years past. Malik Knowles, we know what he can do. But outside of that, the last couple of years, there really hasn't been a lot of dynamic receivers for Kansas State. So I think that 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 plays into it a little bit, too. When you're looking at the play calling for Kansas State, yeah, five yards per completion in week number one. I think it's going to come down to we know that Adrian Martinez can do it. It's just a question of who else is he going to throw the football to and and. Are we going to see some other guys be able to step up 
at the wide receiver position for Kansas State as they move through the season. You're going to get into the Big 12 where you're playing Oklahoma and you're playing Oklahoma State. You're playing Baylor. There's a chance you're going to fall behind and you're not necessarily going to be able to lean only on Deuce Vaughn. You're going to have to see some of the passing game. And we know Adrian Martinez can do it. His body of work says that he can. It's just going to be a matter of if he can do it wearing purple as opposed to wearing red. Yeah, I, I don't know. And and again, it's it's a hard evaluation too because the way they played South Dakota was the best case scenario, right? That they don't need Adrian Martinez to do a whole right. lot. And he even said after the game, if they, if the game calls for me to be a game manager like that, I'm that's what I'm going to do. And it, it's and that is what the game called for him to do. If if South Dakota can't stop the run, don't stop running the ball, right? Like, duh, we all that that's very obvious, and they'll and they'll play that way. It's just a question of when they need it, is it there? And we don't know that after week one. And it's, that doesn't mean it's not there. doesn't mean it is there. just means we don't know if it's there. And that's a big thing and in in a big, you know, it's not just Adrian Martinez that shares that responsibility either. Colin Klein's got a big piece of that too. All the buzz and excitement is about Colin Klein expanding this offense. They just didn't need it. And it's putting, you know, Deuce Vaughn, He's going to make that hard to do, we hope, right? Like, this is a best-case scenario for them to play games this way. It's going to be hard to beat Kansas State if they can run the ball that effectively and play that level of defense. But in the Big 12, we know it's going to be there. So do we get the test against Missouri? I guess we'll find out in a couple of days. And we'll talk more about that game uh, a little later in the week on Thursday when we bring in Tim Fitzgerald. As we look at them and we look back at Kansas— um, Kansas did not play near the opponent that Kansas State did. Tennessee Tech is not South Dakota. But Jalen Daniels looked great. Kansas looked great. Week one now fully in the books before we turn the page to week two, and we'll preview KU tomorrow with Brian Haney, the voice of the Jayhawks. Um, it looks like we're going to have some highly entertaining, good college football to watch all year because if nothing else, KU showed that offensively, it's got a little firepower, right? And and that should continue. What a test they get this week at West Virginia. But any final thoughts on KU before we stop looking backward and, and look ahead to next week? Yeah, I thought that KU looked really complete. Um, you know, you mentioned the the competition level with Tennessee Tech. And it really hasn't been that long ago that we weren't sure that Kansas could even beat an FCS opponent. Um, yeah, hey, they played that South Dakota team a year ago and only won by three to open up the Lance Leipold era. So it, 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 that sort of thing happens. Uh, but they looked complete. They, they looked disciplined. They looked athletic. Now, again, how long does this carry on? Is this something that the Jayhawks can sustain? I don't know. I think the jury is still out. It's going to depend upon how they play against the level of competition in the Big 12. And then, of course, the upcoming non-conference games against Houston and, and Duke. But I think overall, you have to be a little bit encouraged. I mean, they put away Tennessee Tech with relative ease. Again, a program in the past that sometimes has trouble putting away FCS programs. So I feel encouraged by this. I felt like there were some there were some plays in that game that we've not seen KU be able to accomplish. And I, I look especially on the offensive line and the defensive line, just the bodies being able to 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 move the opponent, which that really hasn't always been the case. You, you've seen undersized players on both lines for Kansas in years past. Um, so again, 
I, I feel overall encouraged. I feel encouraged by Jalen Daniels and what he brought to the table. Uh, and the, the running back room, I mean, they really divvied the ball up between several different guys. Devin Neal kind of being the lead back, but really a lot of them had success against Tennessee Tech's defense. So overall, yeah, I, I feel encouraged by it. Oh, I cannot wait another weekend and, and a big, bigger weekend for both of those college teams. I, I think this will be a, a more fun and entertaining and maybe stressful to some degree uh, weekend of college football for us around here with Kansas and Kansas State certainly elevating the quality of opponent that they'll play coming into week two. We'll have full previews of both of those teams later in the week uh, with our insiders and, and the people that we've got. Uh, locked in to, to help us navigate those seasons throughout the year. Before we take a break here, let's set this up. Heads up here, 869-1240. The NHL is coming to town September 24th at Interest Bank Arena. It's the Arizona Coyotes and the St. Louis Blues. Your chance to win a pair of tickets as Wichita hosts one of four first games of the NHL preseason. Let's do it right now. Let's give away a pair. Jad will do that to our third caller during the break, 869-1240. We'll come back. Sports Daily continues after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back, everybody. Grooving through a Tuesday edition after a long holiday weekend, recovering from all the rest and relaxation as we say goodbye to the summer and hello to the fall. And of course, that means football, football, football. Couldn't be more excited about that. So excited for the fall season of Sports Daily as it's uh, me, Jake Balbrocht, and Tommy Caster with you every day now. We've got all kinds of fun stuff lined up. Uh, we'll have guests almost daily, uh, if not more, more than one a day. We're, we're going to really lock into the teams that we follow around here, really have some fun with the new betting opportunities in the state of Kansas. And, and you know, whether you're just an observer or a participator, it is fun to watch sometimes people's uh, agony, but more often people's. Uh, success stories, which are always a lot of fun. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. You can communicate with the show 
in a lot of different ways. 869-1240 will always take your calls. Congratulations to Mickey in Derby for winning our first giveaway on our tickets to that NHL game that's coming to Interest Bank Arena. A lot of fun. Looking forward to that. Tommy, NFL season is two days away. A lot of storylines that we've been watching throughout the offseason. I think we have at least a head start on all those storylines. One of the last ones was Mitch Trubisky uh, being the starting quarterback in Pittsburgh. Anything else unsettled uh, that you're looking ahead to as we get into this NFL season? I don't know what I'm most looking forward to. I think it's just, you know, Sunday morning, cooking a bunch of food, having red zone on, bouncing around the league, getting that first feel for football. Week one of the NFL is one of my favorite weekends of the year. Without a doubt. I'm, I'm looking at Thursday. Um, you know, obviously, it's a doozy of an opening game. The Rams and the Bills, I mean, come on. The defending Super Bowl champs and a team that a lot of people have picked to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, that's going to be a heck of a game to kick off the season on Thursday night. And I, I think going back to your question about some unsettled things, I, I look at the, the AFC North. I mean, yeah, it looks like Mitch Trubisky, will be the starting quarterback for Pittsburgh. You wonder what Lamar Jackson's mindset is going into this season. John Harbaugh said just a couple of days ago that Lamar is locked in despite all the contract talk. But what else is Harbaugh going to say? He's not going to say Lamar Jackson is distracted as they're talking about long-term contracts and that sort of thing. So you have to wonder what Lamar's mindset is going to be entering into the season and what that status is. That that division is intriguing to me. And then, you know, we'd be remiss to not mention the Bengals. I mean, they're the defending AFC champions. So there's a lot of intrigue in that division as a whole. But I'm with you. I'm overall so excited for the NFL season to kick off. And like I mentioned, it that that first game on Thursday night, it's going to be a heck of a game. It, it is. And, you know, of course, Lamar Jackson is distracted. Of course he is. Right. Like he's he's absolutely going to be. Uh, there's no way he's not. There's just absolutely no way he's not distracted. He's he's showing us he's distracted because, uh, you know, he's talking about it with fans on Twitter and all this other stuff. It, it's just it is what it is. But I do think he's in a position to ball out this year. I mean, he, you know, he's betting on himself to take the famous Fred Van Vliet, you know, line from that. Uh, he's betting on himself to go out and and to get this thing done. So, I. Yeah, I, I, I like and I'm interested in Lamar Jackson. You you mentioned the opener, though, and I'm glad you did. We've got a couple minutes here. The Rams, to me, clear li- seem like such a clear favorite in the NFC. And in the NFC is more wide open. Why aren't we talking more about the Rams as a repeat champion? Because going through the AFC looks like just an unbelievable grind. I don't know how you can pick anybody in the AFC because there's so many legitimate contenders. But in the NFC, are there really that many legitimate contenders as we get ready for the season? I mean, you have the Rams, for sure. And I think they're a clear favorite in the NFC. And then who? Like, who else is there in the NFC that you're like, yeah, that team could go win a Super Bowl? I mean, the Packers, I suppose. Uh, I don't feel that way about the Cowboys. I don't feel that way about the Niners with their questions at quarterback. I mean, I feel like the Rams are a heavy favorite in the NFC. Am I missing something? 
I mean, you know, Tampa Bay is always going to be there, at least until, you know, Tom Brady decides to fully step away. Um, but, I mean, we've talked about their injuries. We've talked about the the offensive line and, and what's going on there. New coach and Todd Bowles. Uh, I, it, it's crazy. I'm not sure that there's been a defending Super Bowl champion that has been talked about less than the Rams going into this year. And I think a lot of that, I think a lot of that, you, you can point at Matthew Stafford to an extent. He's consistently been underrated, ignored while he was in Detroit. He went to LA, led him to a Super Bowl, but people are still not talking about Matthew Stafford as one of the top tier quarterbacks in the NFL. I think he's got an opportunity to go out and really make some noise this year, even more than they did a season ago. I, I'm I'm certainly not picking anyone else in the NFC to represent that conference in the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be the Rams repeating, uh, at least making it to the Super Bowl. I, I don't see anybody else stepping up outside of maybe Tampa Bay and Tom Brady to, to try to dethrone them. Yeah, and they've got those injury issues. I just... If all goes well for Tampa, they're going to be fine. Um, they're going to be fine. But I have a hard time seeing it all go well. I, that's just, mm, I don't know, man. I, I think the Rams are a clear favorite in the NFC. We're going to find out, too. They just didn't change much. Matt Stafford's, Matt Stafford's the health of his arm is the only thing there because it, it's just a little strange. There might be something going on with his arm. But Allen Robinson comes in there. Uh, I, I still don't think they're great in the backfield, but the, they should be better than they were a year ago. Maybe there's a little bit of, you know, maybe there's some questions on the offensive line, but I don't know. I love them on Thursday. Um, getting points at home, are you kidding? As a defending champs. I, and I know Buffalo's good. I, I get it with Buffalo. I totally get it. I just think it's the Rams not getting enough love. I don't think it's a Buffalo getting too much. I think the Rams are getting enough love. And maybe I'm maybe I'm overlooking that, but I see that. I keep seeing that as them as a home dog. I'm like, how is that possible? That team's the defending champ, and they got better. But uh, he, he, part of the intrigue, I'm so ready for Thursday night, and we'll continue to get ready here as we uh, make our way to it on Sports Daily. Let's take our final break. We'll come back, get you some final thoughts on this Tuesday edition of Sports Daily. All Brockton Caster, Jad Chambers producing, 869-1240. We'll be right back. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.